really think about someone saying this when they know that there's just no more life to live and saying, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Where are the others now? Where are the ones that demanded that the things that you wanted to do made sense to them when you're on your deathbed? I know this is heavy. I <laughs> uh, This week, I, I specifically wanted to like record a fun, lighter episode. I guess it, it's not happening this week. Maybe next week. You know, it's like, I, okay, I think about it like this. I think about when you're out with friends and they're like, one more shot, have another shot, drink, drink, drink. Come on, have fun. They want you to have fun. But where are they when you're vomiting and you feel like complete shit the next day and your head is killing you? Were they really wanting you to have fun or was it that they were trying to make themselves comfortable? All of the well-intentioned questions that come our way when we're making a choice that's outside of the norm or, you know, popular consensus or whatever can be traced back to the story that that person is telling themselves about their own life, right? Like, how could you leave the secure job is really, I could never leave a secure job. Why do you feel brave enough to do that? Or one that I've got, why are you spending so much money on these online courses and these programs? Is that really, I could never invest that much money on myself where the gains aren't able to make sense through a math equation? <laughs> How do you feel strong enough in your self-worth to do that? So I want to challenge you with next time someone is criticizing or questioning something that you do, ask yourself, what is it about them and their life that's making them ask me this question? Help Me See is a podcast based in intention, purpose, and heart. Vulnerable, real conversations challenging the norms and empowering you to harness your intentional vision for your purposeful life. Around here, we're not about the small talk. We're unpacking all of the unnecessary crap that we've carried with us for far too long. Some of these episodes are solo style. I like to call them my little audio journal with my innermost thoughts that leave me thinking, am I the only one that feels like this? And then some super inspiring guests having conversations that I truly feel like are needed in today's world. Listen into a new episode every Wednesday and leave inspired by your everyday with a deep piece of knowing that you're not alone and have the innate power to make this life count. And before we hop into the show, I do want to remind you that I have, um, for a limited time, a free masterclass that I have linked in the show notes. And also uh, you could find it in my link tree in my Instagram. And that's a masterclass on why photography is the secret key to creating the life you're meant for, whether you're a pro or not. This is about your photo taking, your personal photo taking 
as almost a meditative practice, as a way of living deeper into and understanding more of your life and using this everyday habit that we all have as a way to supercharge the depths and the intention with which we're living. It is hands down my favorite topic in the world to talk about. I've created a whole online course about this topic. But registration for that course, Manifest Your Memories, is actually closed right now. But this would be the next best thing. Hop on over, click on the link, and be sure to join the waitlist to be the first to know when my enrollment opens for Manifest Your Memories. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Help Me See. On today's episode, I'm recording it um, based on the response I got from a post I made a few weeks ago. This post was a quote saying, your why is for you. No one else needs to get it. And I think the reason why it got such a response is that everybody needs to hear this and be reminded of this so often. It's just way too easy to begin unconsciously seeking approval from those around us that we love and that we respect. But something that I am continuing to learn over and over again in this, I don't know, what has it been? It's only been eight months since I've been fully on my own and uh, without a full-time job. But in that time, I've learned over and over again how important it is to keep your deepest desires and dreams close to the chest until they are strong enough to withhold all of the doubt and of the questioning and triggering they're going to receive once you speak it into the world. And listen, I'm saying this as someone who is a very, as you can tell from this podcast, um, a very open book. I really believe for me in radical transparency and I like sharing. I like empowering others. I like to remind everyone that you're not as alone as you might feel. So it is important to me. It's part of my ethos to just share and share and share. But this is part of the journey for me to reel it back until it feels like it's in a place that it can withstand that. Um, I think that this is so important because, I mean, my number one goal in life is to derive meaning from it, find meaning in the nooks and crannies, in the micro and the macro on a large scale, like looking down in my life with the bird's eye view, but also in my daily goings on. And I mean, I'm an empath and an HSP and a deep feeler and all the things, but I don't believe that's the reason that I'm looking for meaning. I don't think that that's exclusive to people that are deep feelers. I feel like that's (laughs) that part of me just means it's almost unavoidable. Like I can't avoid (laughs) that search. Um, But I think everybody 
is looking to make this one and only life count, right? And in order to do that, it's my belief that the only way to do that that's right for you is to get really quiet and to hear yourself and to hear what it is that you're meant to do with your life. And it's really hard to do that with all of the noise coming at you every single day. So specifically, like when I have an idea that I'm really excited about, no matter how deeply I feel like a vibration when I think about it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so important. Yes, 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 yes. If I'm talking, if I go to share it before it is more than halfway into existence or, you know, if I share it too early, I can literally feel like the air leaving my body and like deflating in a physical sense and a mental sense when I'm telling someone and they're either the reaction is vocal or not. It doesn't even matter. Like I can sense even the lack of enthusiasm through quiet, obviously. (laughs) But it's silly though, because of course, of course that special vision was just for you to get and to bring into the world. It's not for everyone to get. It's for you to get. I was listening to a masterclass um, on masterclass.com. They have like these amazing courses. You should check it out if you've never looked at it. But I'm listening to one that's a business course on or by Sarah Blakely, who's the creator of Spanx. And I mean, she's worth like $1.1 billion. (laughs) Okay. And she was saying that for the whole year, the whole first year of working on Spanx, she didn't tell anyone close to her, any of her family or friends. She only communicated with like manufacturers or like people that she knew were necessary in like driving the idea into creation. And then a full year into it, when she did finally share what she was working on, she said that, you know, the well-intentioned questions and scenarios thrown at her about, you know, Oh, well, what if you just put this out? And then two weeks later, a a big retailer recreates it and just smushes you and all your life savings and blah, 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 blah. And she said, had I heard that in the early stages, I would still be selling fax machines because it all made sense. Quote unquote, it all made sense. All of the reasoning against it. It's like when you have a pro con list and the con is like four times as long as the pro, but you just know you got to do it. Even though it doesn't make sense on paper, it makes sense in your gut. Um, And that's what we're talking about today. Following your gut should be the most natural thing it would seem. But the truth is it takes the most amount of bravery and effort to push past everyone else's expectations and how everyone else is doing it 
in order to live your own truth. So much so that I think it's truly dangerously easy to settle for good enough. To settle for a life that makes sense. To settle for something that feels fine. Sticking with the stable job. Keeping the predictable circumstances so that you're never caught off guard. So that you're never surprised. So that you're always prepared for something terrible to happen. (laughs) But really, how fucking terrible is that? That you're living your whole life in a state of being prepared. I'm prepared. (laughs) You know, versus living what you want to live. It's like the whole idea of like dying to deaths, dying while you're alive and then dying for the dying. (laughs) Um, And listen, I obviously know that it's important to prepare yourself for situations and to like do the life things that you need to do to protect yourself. But I think that we lean too far into that. I think that that stops us from living our actual life. It's the idea of waiting to live until you're retired, like not spending any of your money until, you know, (laughs) it just doesn't make any sense. To me, it does not make any sense. Um, Something that I wanted to bring up is actually Bronnie Ware uh, wrote this very pop. I mean, millions of people have read this book, uh, the top five regrets of the dying. And to me, they all have, they all point to the same thing, the same concept. I'm going to read these top five regrets to you now and talk through it a little bit because I feel like they're so important and so relevant to this conversation. Number five, I wish I had let myself be happier. I mean, just really think about this as I'm reading these five, she's dealing with people that are, she's taking care of people that are in their final days and these conversations that they're having. So there is just nothing but truth and vulnerability and like the deepest reflection. How simple is that? I wish that I had let myself be happier. You know, oh gosh, who was it? Someone I just listened to. If I think about it, I'll link them in the show notes. They said, it is the most vulnerable thing to share your joy. It's it's almost easier to share pain. Because there's something about sharing and just being unapologetically happy that's almost frowned upon, like in a way, you know, it's like not wanting your happiness to make someone else feel a certain way about their life. I don't know. I have to sit with that one for a while. Number four, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. I mean, how innocent is that? How innocent and pure and just your friends. It's like they had nothing to do with the busyness of your life. Like it was just the relationships for pure enjoyment and connection. But somehow through 
all of the things we had to do, he didn't make time for that. Number three, I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. I just want to let that one sit for a second, too. I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. What makes expressing your feelings so hard? Why is it so hard? Once again, it's very vulnerable. I kind of think about it like this podcast. So I'm very open and vulnerable in the podcast. And I logically know that even though I'm sitting here in my bat cave basement all by myself in the darkness recording this, I know that this is going to be uploaded into the ether and people might listen to it. But when people actually tell me that they've listened to it, or that they do listen to it or comment about an episode or whatever, I get this immediate feeling of like, (laughs) Like, it feels like it feels good on one hand, because I love to feel like I'm, you know, in any way being helpful. But on another, it feels like I'm standing there in my underwear, you know, and it's like, (laughs) I know what it is that I'm doing. but it doesn't make it comfortable. I still need to like mentally separate myself from the actuality of it. Number two, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. This one um, hits home for me because I feel um, very blurry in my work and play, quote unquote, because I love my work so much that it feels so good to do it. But then I'll come up from my cave and think, you know, when am I clearing? When am I clearing my mind for my family? Right. And then on the flip side of that, if your work isn't fun and you're working so hard in the name of your family, in the name of taking care. So it it appears to be this like noble thing. Like I'm doing all this for you, yet I'm not experiencing you. There was another quote. I I really need to start remembering where I'm hearing or writing down where I hear these powerful quotes, but it was like saying that one of the most important things you could do for your kids is to heal yourself. And I feel like working so hard to give so much to your children in the way of, you know, financial security and, you know, the lifestyle is a very loving, almost misdirect. And I feel like that could be kind of triggering for a lot of people, but I feel like it's really important. I know that when my mom comes to visit, sometimes she will just do everything for me. She'll be doing the laundry, be cleaning all of the things that I should have cleaned months ago. She'll be, you know, just working her ass off. And all I want her to do is just sit down and talk to me. And in her mind, she's, you know, taking care of me 
in the way that's best for make the the way that makes most sense to her. But for me, it's a complete mismatch. And think about it in terms of, you know, your kids. You're working so hard that you can't be present, but in your mind, you're giving them the bigger picture. But in their world, this fleeting time in their lives, you're not experiencing it with them. You know, and of course, there's nuance and I'm making very broad generalizations and not being overly cognizant of the hard situations that people can be in. But I think that there's too much space and that's why I'm doing the counter. I think that there's too much accepting of the complexities when really it's simple. I think that we let ourselves get so wrapped up in the but, 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 and holding on to all of those reasons that make us comfortable and that make sense that we don't take a second to be honest with ourselves on what is truthfully happening. Like I am truthfully sacrificing time being on the floor eye to eye with my children because I am downstairs talking about (laughs) how I should be sitting on the floor being eye to eye with my children (laughs) because I'm home. Right. But there is this balance of what you know you need to do in your core, what needs to happen for a status quo in life and what your status quo is, and then what needs to happen for your highest good. Wow, I really tangented there. Okay, and this last one, number one, the doozyest doozy. I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. I mean, really think about that. I'm going to read that again. Really think about someone saying this when they know that there's just no more life to live and saying, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Where are the others now? Where are the ones that demanded that the things that you wanted to do made sense to them when you're on your deathbed? I know this is heavy. I, (laughs) this week I I specifically wanted to like record a fun lighter episode. I guess it's not happening this week. Maybe next week. You know, it's like, okay, I think about it like this. I think about when you're out with friends and they're like, one more shot, have another shot, drink, drink, drink. Come on, have fun. They want you to have fun. But where are they when you're vomiting and you feel like complete shit the next day and your head is killing you? Were they really wanting you to have fun or was it that they were trying to make themselves comfortable? 
all of the well-intentioned questions that come our way when we're making a choice that's outside of the norm or, you know, popular consensus or whatever can be traced back to the story that that person is telling themselves about their own life. Right? Like, how could you leave the secure job? Is really, I could never leave a secure job. Why do you feel brave enough to do that? Or one that I've got. Why are you spending so much money on these online courses and these programs? Is that really, I could never invest that much money on myself where the gains aren't able to make sense through a math equation? (laughs) Right? How do you feel worthy enough or strong enough in your self-worth to do that? So I want to challenge you with next time someone is criticizing or questioning something that you do, ask yourself, what is it about them and their life that's making them ask me this question? So think about whatever they're asking you for them. It really does take a lot out of the situation. It takes a lot of the pressure and the triggered feeling out of you when you're thinking about what they're saying in context to them. Because it's really easy. It's really easy to feel triggered, to feel doubtful, like doubt yourself when they're asking you questions in the name of your greater good, you know, um, and you don't have all the answers. But there's a reason you don't have all the answers because you're choosing to do something with your gut that you don't know A, B, C, D, E, F, G of it, but you just know in your gut that this is what you should be doing. And acting out of that intuition means that you don't have all of the answers ahead of time. Society through, you know, antiquated test taking in school and you know, all of these structures that I feel like have been set up and just used throughout the decades to gauge someone's competence or worth in the workplace or in the world leads us to believe that if we don't have the bullet points or the five-year plan, that we don't have a right to be doing what we're doing. But that's bullshit. It's all bullshit. It really is. If you close your eyes and take a deep breath right now, you're right where you need to be. Getting still enough to hear yourself and turn up your own volume and turn down the volume of the commercials and everyone around you telling you what you should be doing or how you should be living means that you'll actually be able to start living a life free of regret because you're doing it for yourself. I know that we can feel the need for the people closest to us and that we respect to get what we're doing. It could feel amazing to have their support. But the truth is, you know, we came in this world on our own and we leave on our own, right? So at the core of everything we do, if we're not feeling the most aligned with ourselves, it's going to bleed out into all areas of our lives in ways that don't serve us. You know, if I would have found another full-time job or 
accepted the offer to reapply to the job that I got laid off of because it made sense because I had just had a baby. I was still bleeding when I was laid off. So I had like a two week old and we had just moved in and I have a three-year-old and we had just moved into our first home. So really quote unquote, it made no sense to pass up on an opportunity for stability. And yes, I am fortunate enough to where at that point in time, my partner did have a longer term contract, but it wasn't full-time yet. He isn't full-time now, but I knew that taking that leap was what I had to do for me. And I knew if I did that for me, that I would be able to be a better mom because being a better me for myself comes first. So what really is the price to pay for instability, for the unsure, for the (sighs) question marks? I could have certainly had a paycheck every week and had known exactly what I was supposed to do from nine to six every day, or I chose, I could have chosen and I did choose to start on a blank page where I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. And it hasn't been easy and I'm still not making up the salary I was making before, (laughs) but it is 14 million times worth it. And this is also, it's very important for me to say, this is not at all like bashing corporate life or not at all. This has nothing to do with the conversation. It is talking about respecting what is deep inside of you and what's deep inside of me is not deep inside of the other person. Like full-time jobs are absolutely incredible and can be so fulfilling and so right for people. It just wasn't me. It wasn't my story. But I also want to say that it was right for me for years until it wasn't. And then I stayed in that story for years longer than I should have. But (laughs) there's room for all of it. And there's room for you to change your mind. And there's room for you to hear deeper inside of yourself. So how to live without regrets. I'm going to turn these five, um, five regrets into goals here. Five, let yourself be happy. Four, stay in touch with your friends. Three, have the courage to express your feelings. Two, don't work so hard. (laughs) That's an order. And one, have the courage to live a life true to yourself. And fuck what others expect of you. (laughs) I definitely have to click the expletive box when I upload this. So... I hope that something in this episode is what you needed to hear today. I, you know, it's funny. I get concerned even as I'm talking or straight after I say something, 
I just want to acknowledge that what I say in these episodes is some coming from, you know, my experience and my truth and my life. And I speak it so that if there's something that you relate to or something that serves you, it can make you feel less alone or inspire you in whatever way. But if my truth is not your truth, which is so likely because no one's truth is the same or rarely ever people's truth are the same. I completely honor that as well. You know, that's why it's so important for me to say that. So if the top five regrets of the dying uh, intrigued you and you want to read that book, it's uh, the full title is the top five regrets of the dying, a life transformed by the dearly departing. Um, and that's by Bronnie Ware. And um, it's available in 32 languages. Yeah, it's a popular one. <laughs> so um, I'm sure that that's available wherever books are sold. I have absolutely no affiliation with that. <laughs> um, but it's beautiful. So I hope this episode encouraged you to take a beat and kind of assess. Assess if you're at where you want to be at in your world, on your inside. And if not, it's exciting. Think about what you want to do. Think about what you want to change, where you want to lean in. Have a great rest of your week. If you enjoyed this episode and want to get in on actual conversations with me, join the Help Me See podcast private Facebook group. Every Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern time, I'll be hopping on live for Q&A on the latest episode and for free consulting if you need a bit of help thinking about ways to save your memories. Did you get something out of this episode? I really, really, really hope you did. And I would love to hear from you. I'm on a mission to empower you to feel peace knowing that you are not missing your life. One of the best ways that you can support me is leaving a review. And honestly, I'd rather hear about the memory you saved because of this podcast rather than any kind of accolade. Tell me how this podcast has impacted you. And one, I'll probably cry. <laughs> and two, I'd love to give you a shout out on the show. Take a minute and head out to the link in the bio to write a review now on the podcast. <laughs>